You're listening to the audio ministries of First Baptist Church of Troy, Texas. You're invited to join us for live and in-person morning worship every Sunday morning at 1045 a.m. Visit fbctroytx.org for a list of our activity times and family-centered community ministries. Now here's today's message. Yeah, we're going to be looking at being thankful and, and being thankful for your blessings. Being thankful for your blessings. William Bradford, who was the governor of uh, Plymouth Colony, he wrote this. Inasmuch as the great father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, I'm not sure why he put squashes in there, but anyway, and has made the forest to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch as he has protected us from the ravages of the savages, has spared us from the uh, pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience, now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims, with your wives and ye little ones, together at ye meeting house on ye hill between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime on Thursday, November 29th of the year of our Lord, 1623, and the third year since ye pilgrims landed on ye pilgrim rock, there to listen to ye pastor and render thanksgiving to ye almighty God for all of his blessings. And again, that's William Bradford, the governor of that colony. That is what I consider probably to be the first Thanksgiving proclamation. A lot of folks consider uh, George Washington's uh, the first proclamation that he made in 1789, but I, I have to think that this one by William Bradford, which was, which was proclaimed three years after they had landed in the New World, as being the first. And it's because of that proclamation that we just read and a letter that was written on December of 1621 by Edward Winslow, who was one of the hundred or so people who had sailed from England aboard the Mayflower in 1620 and founded the Plymouth Colony in Massachusetts. It's because of Winslow and that proclamation there that George Washington and later Abraham Lincoln and every president after Lincoln has issued their proclamation of thanksgiving. And as I thought about Bradford's proclamation, quite honestly, I wondered why it was needed. I'm going, why do you have to write this? After all that they had gone through and, and now they had survived, why would they need to be told to get together and to thank God? They had landed in the New World in November of 1620 with 102 passengers aboard the Mayflower. Only 51 survived that first winter. Half of them, half of them died. In fact, 78% of the married women had died. So in the fall of 1621, they held a feast celebrating their survival and thanking God. Again, half of them had died that winter before. 
And at that first feast, this isn't the proclamation feast that uh, William Bradford wrote. It's that first feast, if you will, they had right uh, that fall, right after uh, they had gone through that winter. There were 22 men, four married women, 25 children and teenagers for a total of 51 pilgrims. Now it's three years later, three years after they had landed, when Bradford made this first proclamation. And I couldn't help but think, maybe they had started to become complacent now that things were better. Now they had an abundance of food. Before, they had not. That first, very first Thanksgiving, if you will, if you won't consider it, that first Thanksgiving in 1621, that fall of 1621, they didn't have turkey. You know what they ate? Fish and eel. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's what they had, and very little there. But now then, three years later, here they are with an abundance of food. And, and I think maybe they had gotten complacent now that things had gotten better, and that was the reason for Bradford's proclamation. I don't know, but it may have been so just knowing human nature. And I say that because why else do we need a day set aside to remind us to stop and be thankful to God? Why do we have to have that? Why don't we do that every day? In Bradford's proclamation, I find three things that they were to be thankful to God for, and it's those same three things that we ourselves should be thankful for. The first is this, be thankful for provisions. Be thankful for provisions. In Matthew, it says this, Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? And then in, Phil uh, in Philippians, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Three years after they had landed in the new world, after half of them had lost their lives in a terrible winter, having few provisions, the pilgrims now have an abundance of food to eat. And William Bradford understood what most people either don't realize, forgotten, or taken for granted. And that's this. God provides for our needs. He is our Jehovah Jireh, our God who will provide. Now, God doesn't always provide the things we want. Ed McMahon never has showed up at my front door with the publisher's clearinghouse. And nowadays, if he does, he'll scare the daylights out of me since he's dead. But he's never going to show up. He's not going to provide for my wants. But he will always provide for the needs that he knows we need. Not what we think we need, but what he knows we need. And whenever we worry about whether our needs are going to be met, we are in effect saying we don't trust God. We're saying that we don't believe what nature testifies to that God provides for his creation. It just said he provides for the birds, right? Our God 
God is our Father, and we need to trust Him to meet the needs that we have in a way that is best for us, just as a good earthly father does for his children. And we should never take the needs of our lives that He has provided for, for granted. Many of the things that He's provided to you, folks, others only dream of having. Do me a favor. As you leave this place and you go and get into your car, stop for a moment and thank God for the transportation He's given you. Yeah, it may have smoked and belched and everything else on the way up here, but it got you here and it's going to get you home. Thank God for it. As you pull into your driveway, stop for a moment and look at the place you live. And thank God for it. He's the one who has provided it to you. Go into your kitchen and open that pantry door and look at the food in it. Open the refrigerator door, not for too long to let the cold out, but open it and look at it and thank God for it. As you flip on the light switch, and you have lights, or you turn the faucet on, and water comes out of it, stop and thank God for it. And as you crawl into your bed tonight, thank God for it. All these things that we so often take for granted and have become complacent about, God has provided to meet your needs. There are people all around the world who would like to have just the assurance of having some kind of food to put into their stomach once a day, to have even something soft to sleep on. They'd love to have lights for maybe an hour a day. They would have, trust me, we've been to the places where they'd love to have where you could turn on a faucet and you could drink water that came out of that faucet and not get sick. All over the world, people would desire that. They desire what you have. Be thankful you have it. And whenever we gripe and complain about the provisions we have or the provisions we don't have, we are being ungrateful for what God has done for us. Oh, folks, may we never be ungrateful for or take for granted the provisions that God has provided for our needs. Be thankful for provisions. That's what Bradford was telling the pilgrims to do. That's what we need to do also. Be thankful for protection. Be thankful for protection. Bradford mentions that. He says God, God's protected us from from the savages who would try to destroy us. He's, he's protected us from all these things that are there. And in Psalm 23, it says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect, and they comfort me. And then in, in Hebrews, it says, Therefore we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Right? We know the God of angel armies, right? He protects us. Bradford spoke 
again, of God protecting them from enemies, from crop failures, from illnesses. It was through God's protection that, that they weren't wiped out by those living around them. It was by God's protection that their crops were not ravaged by insects and disease. It was by God's protection that they did not have serious illnesses that would kill them and wipe out the whole colony so none of them existed. The only reason that those were there in 1623, why they were still there, was because of God's protection. That's what Bradford's reminding them of. That's why they need to give thanks to God. Bradford was thankful for the blessings of God's protection. And folks, so should we. So should we. As, as, uh, as Nancy mentioned uh, last Sunday uh, evening, the pa- Slavic, the pastor of Lviv Baptist Church there in Ukraine, came and spoke to us. I'm so thankful for, uh, for our live streaming because I was able to get on and listen to him speak. And, and by the way, Thomas, happy birthday. Uh, it's Thomas's birthday also today, and so uh, I'm thankful Thomas had a birthday and that he put, he's able to do all of this for us. But think about this. As, as Slavic came and he spoke about what Ukraine was like today and what they're going through, every day the citizens of Ukraine have to worry about rockets coming down upon them. Folks, let me ask you this question. When is the last time you and I had to worry about that? It's only through God's protection that we don't. Many of us drive up and down I-35 every day, getting safely to the place that we're heading. Why? Because of God's protection. We've just come out of a pandemic. And guess what? You're still here. Right? Why? Because of God's protection. And folks, on that last day that you take your breath on this earth as a believer, you don't have to worry about not making it to heaven. Why? Because of God's protection. God protects you all the way there. Folks, there's so many more times each and every day. Many of them we're not even aware of that God protects us. When you wake in the morning, after a night's sleep, thank God for His protection while you slept. As you travel to work, to school, to the marketplace, thank God for His protections as you travel. As you lay your head down on your pillow at night, thank God for His protection during the day. Make sure and thank Him for the protection that He gave you that you never saw. I remember, and I've told this before, but I'm thinking of God's protection. And and we were coming back from Austin. Kathy and I were, and Russell and Laura were in the car with us. And I'm going along, and my foot's on the foot feet. I mean, it's planted firmly on the foot feet. I don't drive with it halfway on or off the foot feet. I always have it on the foot feet. And we're going along I-35, you know, the 70 whatever miles an hour, just bebopping along, having a good time. And for some reason, my foot fell off the foot feet. Now, my foot doesn't ever fall off the foot feet. It was firmly on it. But for some reason, it got pushed literally off the foot feet. 
for a split second. And I'm going, what happened? I put my own back here. And we go just a little bit further. And right in front of us, probably from here to that first or second pew, this big old truck tire, boom, 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 all the way across the highway in front of us. Folks, if my foot would have stayed on that foot feet and had not come off, that tire would have got us. I thank God for his protection. He moved my foot. That's my only explanation. It's the only thing I know. He moved my foot. I thank God for those times I don't see the times when maybe the car doesn't start exactly when I want. Maybe it's God keeping me out of an accident. We don't know. We need to thank God for those times we don't see. And when you do see the hand of God protecting you from something that might have brought you harm, take time to thank Him. Trust me, I was thanking God. Don't say, man, I was lucky. Folks, luck had nothing to do with it. It was the protection of God. Be thankful for protection. And lastly, be thankful for worship. Be thankful for worship. Bradford talks about that and, and being able to worship in the way that they wanted to. Scripture says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Oh, we, again, William Bradford was so thankful for the freedom to worship God according to the dictates, as he said, of their conscience. We call that the freedom of religion. The freedom to worship or even the freedom not to worship without having to worry about it costing us our lives. There are people all over the world dreaming of being where you are right now in a church building freely worshiping God without fear of death or prison just because they are in a church. During the last week of May of this year, 2022, Eritrean, I believe that's how you say it, police arrested 17 Christians who had gathered for prayer. Eritrean is a small country in the northeast section of Africa. A week later, authorities arrested 25 more believers, including eight children. In fact, all 42 Christians are still in detention. Why? Because they gathered and to pray in a Christian church. On April 10th of this year, three Muslim extremists attacked an evangelical church in the in a city southeast of Karatoum, uh, Sudan, during a worship service. They assaulted the pastor, they assaulted two women in the congregation, and then they went through destroying the Bibles and the pews of church furniture of that church. When the officials responded, when the police finally responded, they arrested the pastor for disturbing the peace instead of the three men who were in there. And the pastor has just recently been sentenced to a month in jail for those charges. In Laos, during a public gathering on February the 15th, police ordered 10 families to renounce their Christian faith. Now get that. They ordered them to renounce their Christian faith. And when they refused, 
An officer singled out one of the Christians, a woman by the name of Siri, and ordered her to sign a document stating that she had stopped following Jesus. When she refused to sign it, an officer wrote her family's names on that document and he forged her signature. And then he told her that if she and her family continued to worship Jesus publicly, they would be arrested. Siri, though, she got some guts. She told the officer she wouldn't abide by his orders. But now that she and some of the Christians, they live in fear because of that incident. And then in Iran, before being, a ba- before being baptized, new be- uh, or before baptizing new believers, pastors ask the standard questions of the faith to them. You know, do you accept Jesus Christ? You know, you've accepted Jesus Christ. The standard questions of the faith. But they always, folks, end with this question in baptizing new believers in Iran. This question is this. Are you willing to give up your life for Jesus? You might say, well, why? why? In Iran, that question holds great importance because in Iran, Christianity is illegal and you are either imprisoned or killed for your Christian faith. Being a Christian is serious business in other places in the world. In many countries, you don't have a choice of what religion or church you will go to. You've either got to be a Muslim, a Buddhist, Hindu, or else it's prison and death. And you don't have a choice whether or not you're going to church or not. You better show up at the mosque. You better show up at this temple. You better show up. Otherwise, you're going to have the cops looking for you. The religious police, as they call them. Folks, I want to tell you something. As you sit here today, and as many of you have joined us over live stream, You are some of the most privileged people in the world. You are. You have the freedom to come to worship or not to come to worship. You have the freedom to worship without fear of reprisal. You have the freedom of what church you want to attend. And it's a blessing that we need to be thankful for, but so often we take it for granted or we become complacent about it. I remember when we shut the church down for the pandemic. So many people said, man, I can't wait for the church to open so I can get back to worship. I miss coming to church and worshiping. Well, we and all the other churches are open. But according to Thomas Rayner, who uh, is one of the Baptist gurus of surveys, surveys show that church attendance in the United States has fallen by a median of 20% from pre-pandemic attendance. You might say, what's that mean? That means this. That means one in five people who were coming regularly to church before the pandemic are no longer coming. They're no longer coming. What happened? What happened to the people? Well, here's what it is. Surveys tell us that they've become complacent and satisfied to stay at home or to do something else and not come to church. Hmm. Folks, I truly believe that one day what believers are suffering around the world for their faith will come to the shores of the United States of America. I truly believe that. 
We're starting to see persecutions on small scales even today. You see it. It's already coming to Canada. They already tell preachers pretty much what they can and cannot preach. There's certain sins you cannot preach against. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself put in jail. That's in Canada. That's just to the north. And I believe it's going to be coming here. So we'd better thank God for what we have and take advantage of it while we can. The blessing of freedom of worship. And we better take advantage of that freedom and make sure we gather in worship every chance we get. So before you leave here today, thank God for the worship opportunity we had. Before you come again together in worship, thank God that you can do so. Be thankful for worship. Be thankful for worship. Be thankful for your blessings. The blessings of provision, of protection, and of worship. They all come from God. They all come from God. And we need to give Him thanks for them. Let us not insult Him by living as if we are ungrateful for them or being complacent about them. Because Scripture shows us that if we abuse or misuse the blessings that God has given us, that many times He takes them from us. Because we don't appreciate them. Because we don't say thank you. Don't, and don't just say you're blessed and thankful. You know, so many people, I'm blessed and thankful. Truly thank Truly, I truly look and identify all the blessings you have. Some of them we've spoken about this morning. I think that was the intent of William Bradford's proclamation for those early pilgrims, for them to look around and see the blessings, the blessing of being able to send shoeboxes out to those who don't know Jesus. The blessing of, yes, a very warm place to come and worship in the wintertime. The blessing of none of y'all are naked. Y'all all got clothes on. The blessing of clothing. Okay, it may not be the name brand stuff. I don't like name brand stuff. They need to pay me to wear their stuff. I don't need to pay them to wear it. You know, that's okay. You've got there. God has provided what you need. You're going to, somebody, y'all are all going to eat today. May not be exactly what you want at time, but it's going to be what you need. We need to be thankful for that. We need to look around and see. I mean, as the chorus to that song says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings and see what God has done. He's done it for you because He loves you. Look at all the blessings you have and give Thanks. Be thankful for your blessings. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, be thankful for the blessing of Jesus. That if this you take your when you take your last breath here on this earth, your next breath is going to be in heaven. Man, talk about being thankful. Let me ask you to bow your heads in, in prayer.
You may be here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I will tell you, every blessing you have in your life has come from God. Why? Because He loves you. Because He wants to give you a taste of what He wants for you in heaven. He's blessing you. Don't take these blessings for granted. Don't take the blessing of Jesus dying on the cross for you for granted and say, oh, I don't need that. You do. Today, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, man, I want to urge you to do so, and you'll know the greatest blessing you could ever have, and that is forgiveness of your sins. That's a blessing from God. So today, if you would like to know that blessing, would you just pray a simple prayer, just simple prayer, something like this, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And today, I want you to become my Lord and Savior. Today, I'm accepting you as my Lord and Savior. And today, I want to start living for you. And I'm trusting in you for my eternity. Jesus, thank you for the blessing of forgiving my sin. If you prayed that prayer, there's no magic in it, in the words. There's no magic in the words. So if you don't get all the words, that's okay. It's of the heart. Did you mean it? And if you meant it, then I promise you, according to God's word, you are saved and you know the blessing of salvation and you'll know the blessings of heaven one day. And we'd invite you during invitation time to just step out into the aisle and come forward and just take me by the hand and say, Preacher, I prayed that, prayed that prayer. We will celebrate with you the blessing that you now know. Maybe you're here today and uh, uh, dear Christian friend and, and man, you've been You've been kind of abusing the blessings that God has given you. You've either become complacent, you're abusing them, you've, you've, whatever the case may be. Maybe you need to come up to this altar and just kneel and, and ask God for forgiveness and rededicate your life to Him and start seeing the blessings around you. Remember, if you can see the blessings around you, you can thank Him for the blessing of sight. Maybe you're here today and you need a church home. Man, if the Lord's leading you here, then I know you're going to be a blessing for us, and I pray that we will be a blessing to you. We invite you also during this invitation time to come if the Lord leads for you to join this place. All I know is everyone here has blessings. It's time that we give God thanks for them. And not just today, not just Thanksgiving on Thursday, but every day. We need to say thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And name them, look at them, see them, recognize them, and know from whom they come. Father God, thank you, Lord, for every blessing you give us. Lord, I thank you for the blessing of sight and smell and hearing. Lord, being able to walk down this stage. Lord, I thank you for the blessing of living, Father, in this country that allows me, Lord, to come and to worship. And Lord, that's because of you. Father, may we never become complacent or take for granted the blessings you give us. Lord, may we now look at them in a new light, see them in a new way, and always say thank you to you. Father, we thank you. And Lord, now I know for decisions that need to be made that, Father, your Holy Spirit would come and touch hearts. May he find a freedom of movement in this place. And again, Lord, for any who 
Lord, are hearing my voice that need to know Jesus. May they pray to accept him as their Lord and Savior and know that blessing of salvation. Father, for, for those, Lord, who need to recommit their lives, Lord, may they do so to know the blessing of being right with you again. And, uh, Lord, for those, maybe, Lord, that you're leading to become a part of this church, the Lord, that they would do so. And, Lord, uh, just, Lord, being in the blessing of in your will, Lord, I know they're going to bless us. So, Father, again, I pray your spirit move. This is your invitation to us. Father, thank you. Thank you. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. We'd like to personally thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear our latest message. Do us a favor and send an email to outreach at fbctroytx.org to let us know that you heard us and what you thought of the message. Remember to visit fbctroytx.org to learn more about how we support our local community. Again, thank you for listening.